we're just going to dive right into the scripture this morning, but before we do, I just want a moment of honesty. Do you think we could maybe do that? Okay, maybe this will help me stop crying. Um, You guys can laugh at me for a few minutes. So raise your hand if as a mom or as a person, period, you've ever judged someone. You've watched You've watched them do something, and you're just like, oh, no. Okay? And keep your hand up if you've ever felt the judgment coming back on you. Yeah? All right. So if your hands are not up, you're lying. <laughs> um, that's okay. Or maybe your arm just hurts or something. Um, that's okay. No judgment because I'm about to tell you two stories of one where I was most absolutely positively judging in the worst possible way and another one where I was judged um, and these are two mom stories, but you can plug in your name into any of situations where you feel judged. It doesn't matter if you're on the job and you're just looking at somebody like, seriously, how do they even have this job? Like, you know, there's things that can always apply. So um, a couple of years ago, Kyle and I were in Fort Myers, Florida on an anniversary trip. And I can't remember if we just had Beckett or if it was Beckett and Camden at that time. But we were, nonetheless, we were alone at a hotel, and it was like, oh, we slept through the night. I still don't know what that feels like, but um, at least on a, you know, constant basis. And they had continental breakfast. Kyle always makes fun of me because I'm like, babe, let's choose this hotel. They have free breakfast. And he's like, that's, that's gross food. Like, I don't even care about that. But I love the continental breakfast. I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this and this. And so we're sitting down. Oh, and this place had a patio, an outside, like, covered, shaded, quiet patio. So I'm like, free breakfast, and we get to eat outside with no children. This is awesome. So I'm, like, loading up my plate. I probably had looked like I was an all-you-can-eat buffet or something. And we sit down. And here it comes. Don't, please don't judge me. But this is this little boy, probably six or seven, walks in without a mom or a dad. Six or seven years old, he had a pacifier in his mouth. And that's my, that was my first thing. I was like, seriously? You know, and I, I'm being very transparent, so I, I have asked for forgiveness for this, I'm so, I promise. He had a pacifier in his mouth, and he was holding a 20-ounce Monster Energy drink. This was probably 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, Lord Jesus, help that child. (laughs) Please tell me that he's going to have some extra protein or something to balance this out. And then I'm like, wait a minute, where's his mom? And so he sits down. He's eating his breakfast. A minute or two later, a woman comes in on her cell phone. She sits at the table next to him, not not even with him. And she stays on her phone the entire meal. And I'm just... At this point, I'm, like, trying to figure out, okay, how can I steal this baby, like, take him to my house? <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm just, like, really hardcore judging. And then he keeps on telling his mom, Mom, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to go to the bathroom. I need to go to the bathroom. She's on her phone the whole time. And um, finally, she's not responding. So what does he do? He goes over to the edge of the pat- this beautiful, quiet patio, pulls his pants down, and just goes to the bathroom off of this fence thing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is happening. It was awful. And I found myself judging. And then just two weeks ago, um, again, for those of you who don't know, we have a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and an eight-month-old. And the eight-month-old and the three-year-old and I were in a store. 
And this was just two weeks ago. So as much as I'm being honest about judging, I, this happened to me. I actually did this. Um, I walked into a store, and I had to return something. So I'm at the counter, and I have my baby on my hip and my purse on the counter, and my three-year-old is running, like, away from me. And I'm thinking, oh, i got to get out of here. And then it clicks in my brain. I think I locked my keys in my car. So I tell the lady, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, if, again, if you know me, I don't, this happens more than I'd like to admit. Um, so I start, like, rifling through my purse, and I can't find my keys. And the lady's like, ma'am, are you okay? I'm like, I just think I can't find my keys. And she's like, well, it's okay. She's like, how about you want me to hold your baby, and then you can look for the keys? I'm like, Okay, so I pass the baby over the counter. I have both hands on my bag, and I'm looking through, and I found my keys. And I was so excited. I took my keys in my hand. I was done with my transaction. I picked up my purse. I took Camden, and I walked away. (laughs) No lie. No lie. I walked away. And the lady said, ma'am. And I just kept walking. This is so embarrassing. I kept walking, and um, again, I want to remind you that I haven't slept through the night in a while. Um, And then she got louder, ma'am. And I turned around, and she's like, your baby? (laughs) And I was probably the color of Marcus's shirt, just, you know, blood red. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I grab her, and I'm, like, hugging her and apologizing, and there's a woman here, and a woman here, and a woman here, and they're all just like, <laughs> they're looking at each other like, is it, did that just really happen? And I was so embarrassed, and I'm, I'm like, get me out of here. And of course, Camden has found something he needs to show me. And um, so I'm like walking away like, oh my gosh. And this woman stops me, and she says, you're going to remember that forever. She said, I left my baby one time in the beauty shop, and I, I, she said, I walked away, I drove away. And then I realized it, and I came back, and the ladies are just holding my baby, like, waiting for me. So the judgment thing is a real deal, and it's hard. And things happen to us that we're just, like, smacking our heads against the wall, like, did I just do that? And then we're looking at other people on the same hand saying, did they just do that? And so there's this constant judgment thing. And I think that what we're going to talk about today is just being a mother of influence and how the Lord, as disciples of him, he gives us unique circles that we hang with, like the people we work with, our family. You are placed in a home on purpose. And you are around the same number of people on a daily basis on purpose. And those people need your influence that's positive. And so today, I'm just going to talk about being a mother of influence. And if you're a dad in the house or if you're a college student, just a person of influence and what that requires. And I tell you, it does not require judgment. Now, if I would have walked away and never come back, I would have needed a little bit of judgment on me. But in that moment, I was already, it was on top of me by myself. And so let's, as disciples, let's come alongside, take hands and be positive influences on each other instead of, I can't believe that she's doing that. Did you just see what just happened? Because we're already feeling it. Um, Thank God she's eight months old and will not remember that. Um, 
except for if she ever listens to this. Or I'll probably tell her myself. <laughs> um, okay, so here we go. So I have five things about a, what a mother of influence does. The first one, um, I think they're going to be up on the screen for you. The first one is a mother of influence speaks the truth in love. I'm going to break that down just by those three words, speaks, truth, and love. Um, Proverbs 31, 26, this is talking about speaks. I think that's up there. Yeah. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Another version says she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. So what comes out of your mouth when you open it? That one hit me pretty hard. I was like, oh, kindness is not always on my tongue. Faithful instruction is not always on my tongue. Sometimes, like those women in the video, I'm quick to be like, are you kidding me? Actually, I've heard my three-year-old say that to me. <laughs> what is happening here, he'll say. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Um, but what comes out of your mouth, let that be a conviction. Am I being a mother of influence? Is kindness and wisdom coming out of my mouth when it's open? Because out of the abundance of the heart is what is going to come out of your mouth, what's in your heart. You know, and I say a lot of words during the day, and I want wisdom and kindness to be coming out. Um, but that kind of depends on what I'm putting in. So when she speaks, she opens her mouth with wisdom. The truth, um, so she speaks the truth in love. Now we're going to talk about truth. Um, in Ephesians 6, it's the passage about the armor of God. Oh, wait, we're not on that one yet. Number two is coming in a minute. Um, so Ephesians 6 is the armor of God passage, and that's where it talks about putting on the things of the Lord. And a lot of times you hear people talking about that, like, you know, put on your armor of God before you leave your house. And the truth one literally says a belt of truth. It, so when you're speaking truth, um, that's hard sometimes, right? When you see something in someone and the Lord um, sometimes you're not, you should not share with them. <laughs> you need to prayerfully ask for when is a good time to speak the truth to somebody. But the truth is always a good idea. I just want you to know that. So Ephesians 6.14, it says, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Speaking the truth is an active job. It doesn't happen. You, you have to be intentional about it. And so even if you're not a mother in the room, if, there's, if you're just at work and there's something that you need to speak truth to somebody about or maybe there's somebody in your community group or just somebody that you do life with and you're seeing some, a pattern in their life and you really want in love, and that's the next part we're going to talk about, in love, you want to share the truth with them, um, that's always a good idea. But make sure when you're sharing truth, I just have three things about that. When sharing truth, timing is very important. A lot of times when we, with our kids, you know, I see something in Beckett that I'm like, oh man, that's not good. I need to, you know, get into him about that. But I, I want to be a person of restraint a little bit and find the right time to talk to him. Because how many of you guys know that sometimes when you just blow up on somebody and it is the truth and I'm speaking it. It's just not the right time. And so um, timing is everything. Number two is pray before, during, and after. There's um, been times where I've had to share truth with somebody, um, and my kids too, where I'm like, Lord, please help me, because I want this to come across in such a 
a way that they're not going to completely shut me off. I want to come across in a way that, that represents who you are. Because, again, as disciple makers of Christ, we can have a negative influence on people too. And they know who I am and they know that I'm a Christian. And if I'm just spouting off whenever I feel like it because it's the truth, right, then it's not going to be received and then your witness is torn down. So we're going to speak with kindness on our tongue. We're going to speak the truth. And then the last part of that is in love. Um, last week, Pastor Kyle talked about in 1 Corinthians 13 when, because um, we spoke about marriage and how a lot of people say, well, I just don't love them anymore. And then when you apply that to 1 Corinthians 13 and it's like, well, the definition of love is patience. Love is kind. Basically, that's just saying, I don't, really want to be patient with you anymore. I don't want to be kind with you anymore. So whenever we're speaking to our kids, we can get down at their level and, you know, okay, Lord, help me keep on the forefront of my mind. Love is patient. I'm speaking the truth in love, but with patience. I'm speaking the truth with kindness. Um, I'm going to read this. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. This next one says, it does not dishonor others. There we go back to the judgment thing again, right? Um, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. <laughs> and it keeps no record of wrong. Does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And always protects. So when you're speaking the truth in love with somebody, you want to protect them. It's not because you want to put them in their place. You, you want to always protect them, always trust, always hopes, and always perseveres. So, um, yeah, just the first thing is a mother of influence speaks the truth in love. Um, is that a lot easier said than done? Sure. Absolutely. I'm the woman who walked away from my child with a stranger two weeks ago. <laughs> you know, I could have, yeah. No, it's just speak the truth in love. Number two, a mother of influence points you to Jesus even when society and culture says otherwise. Um, and so with this, I'm going to go to 2 Timothy 1.5. There's this guy in the Bible named Paul, kind of a big deal. And um, he's speaking here, writing a letter to Timothy. Paul is actually in jail at the time. Um, he spent a lot of time there for his faith and for kind of the way that he went about his faith. And so he was currently in prison writing this letter to Timothy. And he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, with which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. So when Paul was first introduced to Timothy, he was in um, a place called Lystra, and Lystra is a place that um, was known, it was a Greek community, and um, most all of the people worship Greek gods and not our God, the real one true God. They were all worshiping other gods. And so the Bible does not mention um, Timothy's dad or granddad, which makes us think that maybe his mom and grandmother married Greek men that... You know, they lived in a Greek town. So, um, But it says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. I love that. He did not have to mention the mom and the grandma here. He didn't. 
but he remembers that that's where Timothy's faith came from. And so, um, moms, sometimes we don't really feel like we have that significant of a role um, or that we're doing that big of a thing, but you might be having a Timothy in your house. You might be raising a Billy Graham. Who knows? Here I go again. It's not even the video. Um, and so, I don't know about you guys, but the, pl- the place we live is not Lystra, but it sure does serve a lot of other gods. And it's a counterculture from what the Bible speaks about, for sure. And our kids are walking into... Sorry. Um, my kids are walking into that counterculture every day. And so it's my job. It's my husband's job. It's my mom's job, Grandma uh, Lois, to, to speak that to them, to point them to Jesus even when they're not getting that at school. They're not getting that from their friends. And so it's kind of like one of those things where if you're not showing them, they're not getting it. Does that make sense? Um, I, could, I could tell my kids all day long, like, oh, you need to be active, and I want you to grow up to be healthy. And, you know, if I'm sitting on the couch eating Doritos and not moving a finger, right? So something that I've noticed as a parent is that when you're interested in something, your kids kind of notice it, and they get into it with you, um, Kyle and I, this is another thing that I don't know if I should share this because I'm not really that good at it, but we have started, tomorrow will be our third week, a push-up challenge, Um, and I know you're probably looking at me thinking, I cannot do a single push-up, but that's okay, because I can, Um, but we're doing a push-up challenge. I did um, 60 push-ups yesterday. Isn't that cool? But I didn't start out like that, so you kind of build up every week and you add to your every day right? But if Kyle and I were like, oh, Beckett, you're going to grow up and be, you know, I don't know, a professional athlete, and all you got to do is work hard, and I'm just sitting on the couch doing nothing, like, he's not going to even know what a push-up is, right? And so it's been really cute to watch my two little guys, oh, I need, they're like, oh, I need to do my push-ups. And so, like, they'll go into somewhere, and their body is completely like this, <laughs> and they're just doing this, like, on the ground. It's so cute. But it's really humbling that they're watching me do push-ups, and now they want to do push-ups. So if they're watching me read the Bible, maybe they're going to want to read the Bible. And it's my job to point them in that direction. If I want push-ups to be the goal, I better be doing push-ups. It would be pretty bad of me to be like, all right, drop and give me 10, and then I can't even do one. You know, it's like you cannot ask of them or point to something that you don't even, you're not even turning in that direction Um, So a mother of influence speaks the truth in love, points you to Jesus, even when society and culture says otherwise. Number three, this is a really hard one. Um, Number three, uh, admits when she is wrong and asks for forgiveness. I'm going to read a little story to you about forgiveness. After a long shift at the fire department, Matt Swatzel fell asleep while driving and crashed into another vehicle taking the life of pregnant mother June Fitzgerald and injuring her 19-month-old daughter. According to Today, Fitzgerald's husband, a full-time pastor, asked for the man's diminished sentence and began meeting with him for coffee and conversation. Many years later, the two men remained close. 
You forgive as you've been forgiven, he told the reporter. Take that in for a second. Imagine, guys, your wife being, your pregnant wife with your 19-month-old child being killed in a car accident just because somebody was tired and fell asleep. The forgiveness that that man gave to him just blows my mind. Um, Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone, and forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I thought of this um, as, you were, as you guys were singing this morning and mentioned, you know, when you really think about what Christ did for us and how he forgave us and the length that he went to forgive me, you're just like, oh, man. Okay, I'm an, I can do that. Um, but when you really apply it to practical life situations like that, it's super hard. And so, you know, I make, I make mistakes all the time as a mom. No, I'm not perfect. I will never admit that um, or try to admit that. Um, and so I've found that there's so, such a greater response from my boys when I'm like, you know what, honey, I just, I'm sorry. That was wrong. I, 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 will you forgive me? And the first time, because before I learned this lesson, I was like not into doing that, okay? Um, but the first time that I did that, they kind of look at you sideways like, yeah, I can do that. But when you take that one step further, when that's, again, modeled in front of them, then they're going to forgive easier and not hold grudges. Did you know that there's health benefits to forgiveness? Um, there was a study done, and there, people that were um, more likely to forgive easier had lower br- blood pressure, they slept better, they had a lower heart rate, um, they had less facial tension, which le- leads to headaches, and they had a more positive mental health benefit. The doctor said, chronic anger puts you into a fight or flight mode, which results in numerous changes in your heart rate, your blood pressure, and your immu- immune responses. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, diabetes, among other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calms the stress levels and leads to improved health. That's pretty heavy. So not only is it affecting our heart, but it's affecting our physical body too. And if we're, again, not modeling it in front of them, we're not influencing them positively, then they could have high blood pressure, bad sleep, high heart rate, depression. I'm giving that to them because I don't, and I know that's a lot of that is not like directly related, but I'm just follow, track with me here. Forgiveness is good for your heart uh, spiritually and physically. Um, number four, a mother of influence guards her heart. We're going to go to Proverbs 4. 23 through 27. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. I just did to the right with my left hand. Oh, do not turn to the right or to the left and keep your foot from evil. The mother of influence guards her heart. In the Old Testament, the word heart 
is used over 800 times, and 200 of those times it's referring with the thought life. So real quick, I'm going to kind of follow this trail. Um, That's the emotions, the wellspring of life those things that motivate and mold us. The Bible calls that the heart, and we're going to refer that as the thought life. Why is the thought life so important? Solomon told his son, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life, because what you think about controls you. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your thoughts, positive, negative, good or bad, control your attitudes, the attitudes are the sum of your thoughts, and your, then your attitudes lead to your actions. And so, really quick, I'm going to give you three things that um, is a God-controlled thought life. A God-controlled thought life will govern your speech, and that goes back to verse 24. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. So guarding your heart will help govern your speech. Um, a God-controlled thought life will guard your sight. I want to hang here for a second. Verse 25 says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Um, I just want to say, guard, guard your sight. Don't compare yourself to another mother or coworker. Stay in your lane. Do what the Lord has called you to do. Because I think that this is specifically talking about, um, you know, like, keep away from perversity, and yes, we want to keep our eyes off of that too, but sometimes it's just the things that we're seeing other people do that really get our eyes off track, and we really, it really messes us up. We, we start comparing. We start getting um, anxious and worried that we're not doing enough. We're not doing good enough. We're not like that other mom over here, and um, it, it can really, really mess you up, so don't worry about the other paths. Just be, <laughs> there's a YouTube video of this little girl in the back seat, and Somebody's messing with her, and she keeps saying, "Woey about yourself." Um, she says that so many times. If you get bored, look that up. It's so cute. Um, I should have had that for you. I just thought about it right now. But she's so cute. She's like, "Woey about yourself." <laughs> um, I think her dad's trying to help her buckle up or something. It's it's really cute. Um, I'm sure she's heard her parents say, "Worry about yourself" a couple times. Um, the third thing about a God-controlled thought life is to um, guide your steps. Verse 20, it refers to verse 27. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. If you want to know what's in your heart, just listen to what escapes your mouth. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I think it's interesting that all of these things kind of go back to your speech. We point our kids to Jesus. Then our speech is going to be point, talking about Jesus. Um, if we're speaking truth in love, then that's pointing to Jesus. If we're asking for forgiveness, we're pointing back to Jesus. And it all refer- our mouth is so powerful. The Bible just even talks about how the power of life and death is in the tongue. So um, that's it for number four. Number five, and we are, um, I always wanted to say this, we are landing this plane. Um, <laughs> My dad's a pastor, so I've heard all of them. Um, <laughs> that's a really fun one to say. Um, I'm sorry, I'm a nerd. All right, number five, a mother of influence knows where her strength comes from. Second Corinthians 12.9 says, But he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, 
for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. There's a quote that I found by a pastor. Rick, his name is Rick Warren. Uh, I'm sure you've probably heard of him. He wrote The Purpose Driven Life. And he says, um, if God called you to do it, then you shouldn't be able to do it without him. This also means that God will not let you use your weaknesses as an excuse for not doing what he's asking you to do. And that really was a gut check for me because a lot of times, especially as moms, we got this, right? We're, I'm fine. I, I got this. And there's so many weaknesses that we have that and just in my daily life that I encounter, like, I can't do, I can't do this. I can't. It's harder than than what we can handle or what we're capable of. And so um, if, we, if we allow the Lord's power to work in us so that, his, like, so that his power can rest on us, we have to acknowledge that we're weak and just boast in that. Like, hey, I can't do this by myself, Lord. I need your help. Um, and so there's just so many things. That I want to say really three quick things. Knowing where my strength comes from I don't think this is up here. It keeps me humble. Because like I said, a lot of times we're just, we're fine. We, we got this. We can do it on our own. Um, I have done more things with one hand in the past six years than I ever knew possible. Um, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, right? I will not list what some of those things are at the same time. Um, because it includes like feeding and stuff, weird uh, okay, anyways, I, I just went there. But um, knowing where my strength comes from keeps me humble. It keeps me close to Jesus, and it keeps me honest. So wherever you find yourself today, if you're a 25-year-old guy who, yeah, cool, happy Mother's Day, or if you're a single mom in here, which, by the way, you are my heroes, single moms, um, whatever your circle of influence looks like, you you have a unique opportunity I don't have that opportunity. I'm not near the people that you're near. To be a positive influence of those around you, to point people literally to Jesus, it affects their eternity. And I'm not claiming that I have Timothys in my house, but I sure am going to raise them like they're going to be. I don't know what the path they're going to take, but there's not going to be a question with me what choice I'm going to make. I'm going to speak truth to them, but it's going to be with love. I'm going to point them to Jesus in this awful world that we live in where Jesus could be cared less about. They're going to, you know what's so funny? I'm making some signs for, to raise money for Kyle's mission trip. And one lady commissioned me to make this. It was really cool. It was like a Disney one. It said, in this house, we let it go, and it was like all these Disney phrases. It was really cute. And my six-year-old said, Mom, what does that say? And so I read the whole thing to him. And he said, well, in this house, we love Jesus. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Not that there was anything wrong with the Disney one because it was super cute. But I was like, okay. Because some days I don't feel like I'm getting it. I don't feel like they're getting it. I feel like at, by the end of the day, like I could just cash it in and be done like I, I'm not I'm not being successful at this mom thing it's hard 
some days you just, you want to give up. You're just like, somebody else could do this so much better than me. But you know what? The Lord has been drilling into me lately. I'm sorry, I'm crying again. Um, he chose me to be their mom, not anybody else. Christina, he chose Olivia to be your little girl, nobody else. And in this room, we have, we have parents who are all across the board. Maybe you've lost your mom this year. We've got babies in heaven. But you know what? We can hold hands and be positive influences for these kids. Because if, if we don't, who else is going to do it? And so if it's okay with you, we're going to close um, a little bit of a different way before we, Kyle's going to come back and do communion. Um, oh, man, last year I wiped snot all across my sweater. It was so gross. Um, so I'm going to try not to do that. Um, but if it's okay with you, I'm going to ask all the women, mom or not, doesn't matter. I want all the women to stand up. And if you're comfortable with it, come to the front because I want to pray over you. If we can do that. And then all the guys, you're not left out of this. Ha ha. Once all the women make it down, if you guys could just form a wall behind them. We're going to pray over these ladies today. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for this chance to be here. God, I don't take it lightly. Lord, we love you so much, God. And there's, there's so many different paths and stories and hearts in this room of people that have lost children, who can't have children, who, who never met their mom. I don't know. There's just so many different things. And it's hard to put it in a box. You want to cover everyone. But... Lord, you do that so well. Your word says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you don't skip over someone and fearfully and wonderfully make them. You touch each and every person. And so today, I just, I just pray with an open heart for each and every woman in this room, wherever they're at, wherever they find themselves, whatever home they're in, whatever situation they're walking, God, wherever job, they go to every day, whatever road they travel on every day, God, just be with them. God, let them know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. God, that you love them. You sent your own son to die for her. And sometimes this thing is super hard and sometimes we can't just, we can't do it. It's too hard. But you know what's so cool is that you never ask us to do anything alone. And God, I just pray that overall they'll feel a huge embrace from you today, God, that, that, that they're not alone, that they can do this because you are strong and that your strength becomes perfect when we admit our weakness. How cool is that? The promises that you give to us are yes and amen. 
and all we have to do is receive it. So Lord, I just pray that each heart will be open to receive what you have for them. Break down any walls, God. I pray that you'll be with the, the guys in the room. Help them to lift their, their ladies up in prayer. We need that. Today as we leave, God, I just pray that you will bless each and every person. God, let them feel your love. Let them walk away tangibly feeling your love today. We love you so much, and we thank you, Jesus, for how you take care of us. In Jesus' name, amen.